Welcome to FCC7. In this episode, we listen to a conversation between Pascal Ahrens and JB Graftio. JB has been active in compliance and payments for 20 years, first at PayPal and eBay, and now at Bitstamp, the oldest regulated crypto exchange in Europe. Together with Pascal, JB explores how FCC regulation of crypto has evolved over time, how to approach regulators in different countries, and what types of licenses are available for crypto entrepreneurs. They dive into compliance regulations specific to crypto, such as the travel rule, and explain how the community is working together to implement it. JB also talks about how exchanges collaborate to fight against financial crime and lobby regulators to help shaping future regulations. The first voice you'll hear is Pascal, then JB. The very first time I heard about you was when the Luxembourg prosecutor said in a conference, someone from a digital payment platform within the room is responsible for more STRs than all the banks of Luxembourg put together. <laughs> and that was you. So. And it was me, that's right. You've been in um, in compliance and in payments for four years now. Yes. Yeah. And you, you started um, in uh, more, I would say, traditional payments at PayPal, but clearly you've had very early an affinity with crypto. Mm-hmm. And was it back in 2015 or something like that? My, my, my first step was, uh, you know, back in 2014, so like seven years ago. The, the price of the Bitcoin at the, at the time was probably around $200. Uh, you know, the, the market was uh, not the one that uh, we are experiencing today. Uh, and what, uh, what a journey over the last seven years, definitely. Yeah. So you're back at Bitstop now in a completely different situation, obviously, where uh, crypto has become a whole new financial market. And of course, it comes with regulation and a lot of, let's say, more professionalism. Yes. So, yeah. uh, okay, let's suppose I'm an entrepreneur and I have a great new idea in crypto, a new crypto product. And I want to come with this product to the market. And I'm not really too sure, uh, do I need to approach a regulator or not? Because the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, you know, I'm in a decentralized market. I'm on crypto. I don't have to care about these things. So what should I think about when I start? I think, you know, we need to remember that this ecosystem is only 12 years old. It's, it's very recent. When I first joined Bitstamp back in 2014, there was no regulation per se on, uh, on crypto at, um, at the time. But I think the company was doing a very smart decision uh, to apply for uh, a payment institution license in order to, to serve the clients and also to play uh, the same rules as any other regulated uh, financial company. Today, I think we need to make a distinction between two types of um, uh, exchange. Um, if you are a fiat to crypto exchange or if you are a crypto to crypto exchange. If you are a fiat to crypto exchange, you will need to apply for probably a payment institution license or an electronic money institution license to offer the, let's say, the the payment uh, rails. So the fiat aspect where you can allow the clients uh, to bring money onto onto the platform. That would be the first step to do, unless you prefer to work with a payment service provider, so an external payment service provider, and, and there are plenty of payment service providers on the market today, where you basically you know, uh, have a business relationship with a payment company, which will offer the payment service, but you will be limited or restricted to the rules uh, of this payment service provider, which sometimes can create a, a challenge for some uh, companies or some exchange. So let's imagine you want to uh, do you know 
everything from end-to-end -end from a payment uh, standpoint. Then you apply for the uh, payment institution or e-money license. And then after to offer the crypto service, you will need to um, apply for a registration, uh, which is called the Virtual Assets Service Provider Registration in each uh, you know, country in Europe where this is required. And uh, in terms of timing, it can take up to 12 months you know, to uh, obtain such a registration. If you offer just crypto to crypto, then you don't need the, the payment rates, uh, but you still need to apply in, in many countries uh, for a specific uh, registration. Um, it's transitional in a sense that there will be a, a new regulation coming uh, hopefully uh, in 18 months. So the, the MICA, uh, it's market in crypto assets. So you will need to be registered in one country, apply for MICA or MICA. Then after you can just passport your MICA authorization uh, across Europe. It means that you don't need to have a, uh, an entity in each country. You don't, you don't need to have a license in each country. You can just benefit from the, from the passport. Nevertheless, you know, to operate you need to have substance and, uh, you know, uh, management in place and policies, controls, risk management, audits and uh, control function. This is probably the, uh, the, the only way for you, you know, to operate on the crypto market uh, in compliance fashion. So that, that, that's in a nutshell, you know, the, the two, uh, you know, the two uh, types of uh, journey that uh, we are experiencing today. Fiat to crypto, crypto to crypto, different type of licenses, but uh, still required if you want to activate your marketing activities. That, that's really interesting. Uh, what's the proportion of regulated versus unregulated? Out of uh, all the European countries today, probably 12 or 13 uh, have this VASP um, regime in place. Institutional clients will probably only transact with regulated players or re regulated companies for the trust, uh, because you apply the same, you know, level of regulation, AML, risk management, uh, auditing. So I, I would say a bank or a broker, a family office will likely go to a, a highly regulated exchange where the, the rules are, are the same. The less regulated exchange today will probably either disappear or will not benefit from the same, uh, you know, attention uh, specifically from institutional uh, clients. Mm -hmm. Being in Luxembourg, you know, we have Bitstamp, of course, and we have uh, Bitflyer, both regulated as a payment institution, but also having VASP uh, registration in uh, several countries in, uh, in Europe. Uh, if we take the example of Coinbase, for instance, you know, they are registered in, uh, in Germany and regulated in Germany, and, and you can go on, you know, on the, on the list of the, the top exchange. So my crypto entrepreneur today, unfortunately, needs to go through a journey that's going to last for, I guess, several months. If you want to operate a crypto exchange, let's say in France, you have some sort of service level agreement with the, the French regulator, the AMF, where they have three months you know, to come back to you at the time you know, your uh, application uh, file has been, uh, has been submitted. So if your file is complete, if the quality of your file is as expected, potentially you, know, you could receive your registration within you know, three months, uh, plus the time that it takes to uh, put together your, your application. And in some other European countries, it could be six months. But the most important uh, at the end of the day is, is the quality of the file. Uh, if you have very good quality, the process will be uh, you know, uh, much more effective and, and faster. So effectively, if you are an entrepreneur, you, you need to count on uh, you know, some months uh, to get uh, fully regulated. The crypto community, by definition, is decentralized. Banks have always been organized around central third parties, national bank association, regional bank association, people like SWIFT, people like EBA. Paradoxally, technically, they just start to collaborate right now because of open banking, because of PSD2. 
I think in the crypto community, it's quite different. If I see things like the travel rule, for example, and, and a lot of other technical exchanges, <laughs> what you told me and what was quite surprising for me is that people in the, in the crypto community have started to talk to each other from the beginning. Yeah, that's right. There is a will, a collective will to make the ecosystem, you know, very successful and therefore, you know, exchange, custody, every crypto player is talking to each other and work hard together, you know, to make the ecosystem very successful. So you, you took the example of the travel rule. Uh, effectively, it's, there is a community um, uh, of um, uh, crypto players around the travel rule to, to make it workable, uh, you know, somehow so that Uh, and travel rule, uh, just maybe to take a step back, travel rule means basically, you know, to uh, uh, transfer a set of data, uh, which is more like KYC data, you know, from a crypto player to another one so that there is an audit trail uh, on, a, on a transaction. Effectively, you could see the ecosystem working collectively uh, on some proposals to make it workable. I think travel rule is one of the examples, but th there are many examples where the ecosystem is actively working together. There is also huge collaboration to fight uh, crime, where the interest of the ecosystem is, uh, you know, working together, being recognized and trusted. In the banking world, communication needs standards, and these standards are all defined by these centralized third parties. What's interesting here is that in a quite agile way, I imagine, uh, people start, Absolutely. you know, exchanging yeah. on papers. So how does it work in practice? Yeah, it's it's very, uh, I would say, open and effective. There is some sort of uh, proximity uh, in the village, if I can say like that, in this global village. Uh, so if you need any information from a specific exchange, you, you always you always probably know uh, who to reach out or who to contact and have a conversation and try to make things happen, uh, whether it's, you know, liquidity or technology aspect or travel rule. One of our partners uh, yesterday was just uh, giving a quick uh, message to say, you know, uh, travel rule, how Bitstamp is going to operate? Can you give us a little bit of context or advice? So it, it's very friendly and, and supportive. It's not like we work against each other. Uh, definitely yeah. not. Uh, we, we just work together collectively to make things more effective and uh, going into the, the same direction or the, the right direction. There is a lot of um, also, you know, communication and uh, lobbying efforts, you know, on regular Regulation. Um, so there are very good associations where crypto players are, you know, very active, very represented, uh, you know, to work collectively and, and shape, you know, the, the future uh, of the regulation. So, yeah, I think that there is a collective common interest to, you know, to, to do that on an ongoing basis uh, with most of the actors uh, also represented. You're not perceiving each other that much as competitors for the same market, but more as uh, other people having the same issues and trying to solve them together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, we, we closely work together uh, instead of, uh, you know, working against each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, that, that was really, really cool. All the aspects here were very practical. And I think that it has given maybe a more light on how the crypto community works together. Sure. Thank, Thank you very much, Pascal. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>